You're listening to the Food Freedom Body Love Podcast, episode 18, and the second installment of our eight-week summer body series. Welcome to the Food Freedom Body Love Method, a podcast designed to change our current beliefs about food, weight, health, and beauty, repair our relationship with our physical selves, and provide inspiration for living beautifully in the skin we're in. Welcome back to the Summer Body Series. We are at week two and we're going to be talking about bad body thoughts. Why they persist, where they come from, when they tend to show up. Um, And they do. They will continue to show up even when you've done the work. Even when you feel like you've got a decent handle on this body image thing, they still show up. And so we're going to talk about that today. But first, um, did you do the homework from last week? Your job was to go out into the world and to find beauty, beauty, to look for beauty in yourself and beauty in the world around you. I, it was fun. I did it. I kept just sort of a note, a notes app in my phone and added to it, um, some of the things I added, I'll just read some of the list for you. Uh, a cool breeze in my office window, a new pedicure, the smell of Palo Santo and candles blown out, cold white wine and all the avocado on a hot summer patio, watching friends living their dreams, launching big, beautiful ideas that might never work out, my new eminence grapefruit mask, my daughter's small feet and the smell of their scalp, the sunlight, the smell, and the empty street on an, early, on an early morning on my way to yoga. My legs, a top knot and gold hoop earrings. Hugs, the curve of my shoulders. The song Heart on Fire by Passenger, a morning sleep in. And the list goes on. And it's just so interesting that when we, you know, where we put our attention what we focus on grows. And so when we're looking for beauty, not just in ourselves, but in everything, we start to actually find beauty. So I hope you did that. I hope you worked on it. If you haven't yet, I hope you get on it this week. Um, Yeah, let's move on to bad body thoughts. I want to start by reading you a piece called Love Letters by Tracy Lynn Oliver the body navigating 40 years of self-loathing. This piece is part of a month-long series called Unruly Bodies, created by best-selling author Roxanne Gay and the website Medium. Um, It explores our ever-changing relationship with our bodies, the emotional, the psychological, the cultural, the scientific. Roxanne Gay has written um, a beautiful memoir called Hunger, And if you want to check out more of this month-long anthology on unruly bodies, get your bum over to Medium. But today I want to read this piece, Love Letters, again by Tracy Lynn Oliver, because I think it's so easy to believe that our bodies are just always wrong in the moment. You know, they're just wrong right now. And if we could just get them, if we could just change them, if, if they could just... If they could just alter, then we would be okay with them. And this piece, what it really shows is this lifelong distaste, dislike, loathing 
of a body and that we can look back and see the beauty in our bodies. And yet we're never willing to recognize this pattern of continually hating on ourselves in the moment and then looking back and going, oh my God, (laughs) it wasn't so bad. Or, oh my God, I was amazing. Why did I hate so much on myself back then? But, oh yeah, I'm just going to come back to this moment and continue to hate myself now. So let's read this piece, Love Letters. This is the year I turn 50. This is the year I continue to hate my body. This year I turn 50. This year I continue to hate my body. I turn 50 this year. I continue to hate my body this year. Any way I say this, it sounds bad. Of my soon-to-be 50 years of life, I have spent approximately 40 years actively hating my body. Does a letter hate its envelope, a foot its shoe, a chick its egg? Why then this hate? This hate? I have pictures. I know what I looked like as a child. I was not a fat child. Instead, I was told I was a fat child. That my rounded child's belly and parentheses thighs were fat and that fat was something I needed to feel bad about. The message was that fat was the worst thing a person could be and I was. Eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. The railroad spike of this directive sledgehammered into the wet cement of me, set hard. Sandwiched between two ruthless brothers in a household where verbal cruelty was a competition sport, I was easy game. My parents, the should-have-been referees, were instead the audience. With the rebuttal, they should have been providing to my brother's barrage of relentless, brutal, nowhere-to-be-found. I had nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. In the void of any contradiction, every harsh word became truth. Dear little girl, Tracy Lynn Oliver, you will want so much to look like your Barbie dolls. Breasts, waists, legs. There's a humming there, a warmth in a place you already know to keep secret. The want of what Barbie has, the knowledge of that want, even at this barely age, I curse it for you. If I bent time and replaced the Barbies with baby dolls, would my hate be less? At the least, would it have created a small reprieve? A short lapse for you to be able to cultivate a childhood free of that womanish wanting? A long enough pause to cultivate a childhood free of expectations of body? You are enough. Say it. Hurry. I can give you a list that's Eskimo words for snow long of things I hate about my body. My thigh hate alone is a treasure trove. How I can hear the wish of my pants rubbing together where thighs have always met thigh. How when I'm standing those thighs bunch over my knees creating a detestable role that shouldn't be there on a person. How, when I'm seated, the flab of them spreads wide and gross like some sort of supine, cowardly victim waiting for a sword. The dimples and stretch marks that wallpaper them like a diseased affliction. Their aberrant jiggle. The way they wear down my jeans in the same exact spot. The threadbare fabric, evidential shame of how my gargantuan thighs cannot be contained, even by man-made materials. My thighs, once conjoined twins, forever fighting to reunite. I can go on and on, each hate changing with the weather, with every outfit, with every shower, with every summer, with every event. 
a plethora of opportunities for fresh, stale hate. Will we, I, ever be able to not hate our, my body's body? Dear not yet teenage Tracy, you will study the soft puff of your nipples, impatient for the fullness to bloom underneath them. Don't worry, that day will come. Your breasts will be just fine. It's the rest of you that you have already learned to hate, regretfully. I cannot stop using the word hate, though I keep telling myself that hate is the strong word. One definition of hate reads to dislike intensely or passionately, feel extreme aversion for or extreme hostility toward, detest. And then there are examples of usage, to hate the enemy, to hate bigotry. And here I am using that word in relation to my very own body unable to choose a softer word because in my soul, hate is the perfect word choice. Hate is exactly what I feel toward myself. Dear teenage Tracy, every time a young man picks one of your thinner, more developed friends, it's not one more validation of your grotesque. It's another missed opportunity for a pimply faced adolescent boy to know the amazing you. Wear those dolphin shorts, go swimming without a t-shirt, peel down that one piece and throw it over telephone line like sneakers. Put on a red Phoebe Cates Fast Times bikini. You will never be as thin as you are right now. Your thighs are perfect. I understand why you see everything funhouse mirror wrong and it's okay, but just trust me, you're at the height of your magical powers. Radiate. I have had only one way of going through life and it begins every morning when I wake up and remember I have to go through a day, my life in this body. I put on clothes I do not wish to wear. Their bigger size is a failure. Their smaller counterparts hang alongside, all mocking and sass. But I put them on, I do. And through the world I walk, feeling every eye disapproving on the too much of me, the failure of my unperfect frame. Every day I vow to change this body and every day I do not. It does not. Even when my body has changed, the hate lies in wait in the hot dark, patient for its pounce. There is no freedom. Dear 20s Tracy, wear that dress, wear that skirt, go to that pool party. Your thighs are the perfect glossy swerve. See that what mesmerizes men's spot where the swell of your hips roll soft into the bank of your waist, the bang of your ass harmonizing with it all, a siren call, that sexual hourglass, it's yours. See it. Hear me. Please hear me. Why can't I ever see me as strong? Why can't I revere myself for growing two children within this body, for pushing them out, pain, a high-pitched scream? Why do I choose to forget how I carried this body running for more than seven miles when it was the last thing I believed I could do? How my strength carried me further than the mind and soul of me ever thought possible? Why did I never believe how others admired my curves, my soft, my sway? Why am I first fighting for the front of the line to be my own villain, a lifelong adversary, a rivalry of epic proportions. Why? Why do I see this now, know this now, and yet still I persist? Dear 30s Tracy, you don't know it now, but you are my favorite version of me. I see how you shine. 
the way men look at you, the way even women glance. If only I could pull you out of yourself, grab you by your hair, tow you to this future place and make you watch, make you see what I, you see. Maybe then it would dampen the hate. Maybe you could at least live your next two decades feeling a kindness toward your flesh rather than a constant loathing. Maybe if you can see you now how I see you, you could find some goddamn peace. I still have that one shirt you, we used to wear. The one we knew made everybody want us. That feeling of goddessness, that is you, no matter what your hate tries to tell you. That feeling is the truth. Hold on to that. Eat it, fork and spoon. My enemy, myself. Here are some of the wars I've waged. I've starved you. Remember that preteen best friend competition of who could eat less? One saltine, four grapes, one hard-boiled egg versus two Ritz, a slice of Velveeta, half an orange, and two Starburst. Starving yourself into 8th grade, into 10th grade, into your senior Hawaii trip, into your wedding, into multitudes of events requiring a show or evaluation of body. I have Weight Watchered, Jenny Craigged, Deal Emile, Nutrisystem, and Atkinsed you. Then there were the pills, the colorful variety I put inside myself just to get rid of you. Dexatrim in all its various forms and flavors, AIDS, behind-the-counter Sudafed and Fenfen, to name a few. The primal rush when you begin with them, and how, when it fades, you take more, and then more. How your heartbeat skips and flounders, how your eyes vibrate and your breath doubles and hitches. I have worked you to the point of excess, hoping to shape you into what everyone wants. Jane Fonda workout, thigh master, Richard Simmons, aerobic classes, step aerobics classes, jazzercise, Zumba, thighs of steel, buns of steel, Billy Blanks, tie bow, couch to 5K. I have bound, salved, and wrapped you in attempts to wipe you away. I have often dreamed of knives and how easy it would be to just cut the excess away. That slab, that roll, that bump, slice, slice, slice. The less of me there is, the better. Less of me equals more of me. Wasting myself away just to feel good. I win these wars I wage. I lose these wars I wage. The battlefield, my body. Dear 40s Tracy, during this decade of your life, you will have one of your greatest accomplishments. You will run seven miles without stopping through the hilly streets of San Francisco, no less. You and your body will do this. The body you continue to abhor. This was not an easy triumph. You worked for it. You worked so hard. You who never ran a day in your 40 plus years of life, remember how your body made this happen and try to hold some kindness, if for nothing else, this feat alone. That kindness, though, should be held for much more, like your body's daily caring of you, of everything you are. I will never know the joy of being happy in my body. I was robbed of that early on, the thieves long gone leaving me to hold what they left behind. I'm frequently envious of the women who can walk about unapologetically thin in clothing that fits to form or reveals every part of them I'm first to shroud. How unencumbered their life must be not to steer its course around the hate of their body, to be able to go anywhere, dressed any way for any reason, without the dread of the closet, without the blunt of the mirror, Pool party, nightclub, ski weekend, spa, saying yes, 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 well, I calculate pounds to lose per week, minus master clan cleanse, minus carbs, plus B12 shots, plus gym time, plus weight loss teas, plus diuretics, equals saying no, 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 equals staying home, equals less living, equals less life.
If I haven't seen you in more than a year, I canceled our plans to catch up, not because of any reason I gave you. I am not dancing at your wedding because I do not want to be captured on video. My fat replayed into the potential eternity of your marriage. I'm not taking the elevator instead of the four flights of stairs with you because how I hurt my foot yesterday. I'm not going to the beach to hang out with everyone because I will be the only one wearing capri pants and a cover-up. I'm not going hiking with you because I won't be able to keep up. Not because I won't be able to keep up, but I will tell you it's because I'm too busy. Let me hold the camera. You get in the picture. I'll get in the next one. The elevator at work is fully mirrored. I keep my eyes on the ground. I have made very clear how much I hate my body. I'm also not a fan of my face. Where can you hide if there is nowhere to hide? Dear Tracy, you're almost 50 years old. Tell them yourself there is no happy ending despite your perspective, despite your loss of life better lived. Say out loud that these letters, these lessons, this love you are giving to your younger self do not apply now. Say out loud, I will continue this hate because not being a perfect size means I should not love my body. Say, I will keep wasting my life, hiding myself away and ignore all who love me because my thighs rub together and I have fat rolls. I want you to speak these idiotic phrases out loud over and over again until you can hear the absurdity. Now let me hear it. Now learn. So the question is, when are we going to learn? (laughs) When am I going to learn? Bad body thoughts tend to pop up and persist in four big areas. And again, I know I talked about this last time, but it bears repeating that the first sort of scenario where where bad body thoughts pop up is just in the day-to-day culture that we live in. It makes us feel bad about our bodies. It preys on our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses. And as we work individually on feeling beautiful and enjoying our bodies this summer, it bears repeating that if like Tracy Lynn Oliver, you're struggling to feel good about your body, it's not another thing you're failing at. It's just a repercussion of this world we live in. And so when a bad body thought pops up, I try to figure out where it's coming from. And the first thing I always think about is, is it just the culture? Is there something going on in the culture? Is there something I've been absorbing, something I've been watching is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it Pinterest? Is it, are there images that are reinforcing this idea that my body isn't right, that it couldn't possibly fit or be okay because it's just not represented or idealized? And then the second time, the second thing I always look to when a bad body thought pops up or persists is my self-care. I often feel bad about my physical body when I'm not taking care of my body, when I'm not getting enough sleep, when I'm stressed out, when I'm when I'm rushed and eating poorly, when I'm upset about something and not giving myself time to process it or work through it. I also look to emotions when we're struggling with big emotions of any shape or size, you know, or any kind, whether it's anger or sadness, even happiness sometimes. When we can't handle emotions, when we're struggling with emotions, we tend to redirect that discomfort onto our bodies. And instead of working from the inside out, we want to work from the outside in. And in the book, When Women Stop Hating Their Bodies by Hirschman and Munter, they talk about the fact that this is what we're taught to do as young girls. We're taught that the easiest thing in our lives to fix is our bodies. And when our bodies are fixed, 
everything else in life will fall into place. And so the moment things get tough, instead of looking at the thing that's going on, why the self-care is off, why the big emotion is there, we tend to subconsciously just redirect to our bodies without even thinking in a split second. It seems like the easier place to focus, but it's just a distraction. It's a distraction from the deeper need or the deeper want. And then the fourth place I look when bad body thoughts pop up, the place that still likes to persist for me, despite the fact that I generally feel pretty good in my body, are big events or big moments. And so this is like the wedding that's coming up in the summer or the reunion. It can even be something like just going to visit friends you haven't seen in a long time in the summer, going to a beach where you know you're going to run into old high school friends or boyfriends. For me, this is the area where, where bad body thoughts still like to pop up and persist. The thing about that first, the first issue, the culture is that we can't do a lot about it. We can fortify ourselves against it. We can begin to recognize when it's acting on us and recognize it for what it is and then develop tools, which is what we're doing in this series to fight against it. But the other three, when self-care is off, when we're struggling with hard emotions, when something major is on horizon, on the horizon, or about to do something that feels big to us, the commonality between those three things is that we're desiring to show up in the world a certain way. We're desiring to be a certain kind of person to handle things a certain kind of way, to have a certain kind of ease or personality or joy. And we believe that we have to access those things through our body. Again, that's that subconscious belief that we resort to or we return to over and over again. But the fact of the matter is you can go after all of the things you can go, you can be the person you want to be. You can show up how you want to show up without having to change your body. And so that's what this series is about. You know, we can't escape the culture. It's going to act on us and we'll fortify ourselves against it. But these other three areas, we can change our self-care. We can learn to deal with those hard emotions, those uncomfortable places, and we can dig into the kind of person that we want to be, that we aspire to be, and how we want to show up. And we can work towards doing those things. We can go after those things without needing to manipulate our bodies. Oh my God, what if you wake up someday and you're 65 or 75 and you never got your memoir or your novel written? Or you didn't go swimming in warm pools and oceans all those years because your thighs were jiggly and you had a nice, big, comfortable tummy. Or you were just so strung out on perfectionism and people-pleasing that you forgot to have a big, juicy, creative life of imagination and radical silliness and staring off into space like when you were a kid. It's going to break your heart. Don't let this happen. Anne Lamont. You want to do things differently? Here is the choice you have to make. Yes, we live in a culture that oppresses many bodies, female bodies in particular. But what you need to decide is whether or not you are going to continue to participate in your own oppression 
Are you going to keep loathing your body? Are you going to keep judging and criticizing your body and then looking back 10 years on to go, what was I thinking? Or are you going to start to shift your thoughts? We think that we need to control our bodies. We need to control our food. We need to control our exercise. But what we need is Olympic level training in controlling our thoughts in recognizing thoughts that are not from our highest selves, from our intuition or our soul voice. Thoughts that are there to keep us feeling small and distracted and obsessed with the minutia of our bodies. And when we see those thoughts, we need to stop them. In CBT, sometimes people will even put elastic bands around their wrists and snap them every time they need to stop the thought. You can just yell stop in your brain. You could yell stop out loud if you want. You need to stop the thought. The second thing you need to do is apologize to your body. You need to say sorry. I don't talk to other people in my life like that, hopefully. I don't talk to my friends like that. I don't talk to my daughter or my mother or my coworkers like that. And I shouldn't talk to you like that body. You need to get back in your body and apologize. And the third thing you need to do is you need to challenge the thought. You need to question, is it true? And the answer is it's never true. <laughs> if it's hateful and awful, it's not true. That's the trick here. Is it true? Honestly, deeply, rigorously ask yourself, is it true? Is it true for all people the world over? Would every single person know this to be true across culture and history? The answer is always no. And then the last thing, well, not quite the last thing, almost the last thing I want you to do is I want you to dig a little deeper because believe it or not, bad body thoughts are never about your body. I repeat, never about your body. Again, go back to those four places to look. Is it just the culture? Do you just need to rebel or fight back? Is it that your self-care is off? Are you not listening to your body? Are you not tuned in? Are you struggling with a hard emotion? Is there something that you need to say or do? Is there something big on the horizon? Are you wanting to show up differently in your life? Dig into what is really going on. And then tackle that. Recognize what the real issue is, what the real desire is, what the real hope is, and tackle that. That's your homework for the week. Thought stopping, apologizing, challenging, and digging into what is really going on for you when you're hating on your body. I'd also add, just as like a little bonus, um, is if there is a practice that helps you move difficult emotions and thoughts out of your body, if you can find a practice for that, that's a little bonus assignment. For me, um, there's a couple of things. Meditation helps with that. It helps bring things up to the surface so I can let go of it. Massage, like deep fascial massage. I know that I personally store so much in that connective tissue of my body. It's a living, breathe, breathing, connected to our nervous system tissue. And for me, it gets hard when these negative thoughts are happening. And massage, um, deep 
fascial massage, as painful as it is, um, really helps me release this stuff. And the other thing for me is movement. Intense, taking my body to the limit, pushing it up against the wall movement is incredibly powerful for moving these things through my body. I know it's not for everyone. For some people, it might be a different kind of movement. Um, And I've been working on this class called release a movement class with with music and you know deep hard um you know sort of challenging movements paired with intense music to move these feelings through my own body I don't know if I'll ever launch it to the public um but it's amazing. And so I just challenge you to find some sort of practice, an actual physical practice, whether it's meditation or movement or massage or you fill in the blank that helps move some of this negativity because this work really is about inside out. We think it's about changing our physical appearance, but it is the opposite of that. It is an inside out job. We are the guides we seek. We are the love we yearn for. Our beauty is here in our own reflections. If, we on- if only we would look, witness, listen. Let your heart open to the path back to yourself. And there you are, always. Taryn Toomey. <laughs>